0: You're like a drain. This calm and true. Yeah, you are like right? a dry. This calm and true.
1: Welcome to the Lone Star Play Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Join me and a famous guest. We discuss their career, life, food, Texas, and everything in between. Let's get started. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Lone Star Plate Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Look, let's get to it, okay? I babble every time for these intros. I can't help it just so much to tell y'all okay look first of all just thank you for being you for listening watching supporting liking subscribing hit that button okay look my guest today is Jolie Holland amazing singer songwriter she had a beautiful performance on the podcast so you'll get to hear that uh, somewhere near the end of the interview more or less Um, mesmerizing voice just absolutely beautiful And uh, this was just a great podcast. We just had a regular conversation about, you know, current events, her career, Texas, food. Uh, She knows a lot about food. Probably one of the most knowledgeable people about food we've had on the podcast, to be honest with you. Um, That was great. You know, we just talked a lot about a lot of different things, and I loved that very much. It just went where it went, and she was just very cool to talk to. And you could see that that's just how she is as a person. Right. And I like that. That's very endearing and genuine. She was just really, really cool. I can tell. I can see why she has such a big fan base, but that people are just, you know, uh, sort of, you know, magnetized by her. Is that the word? Magnetized? I don't know. Attracted to her in in that sense. I don't mean physically or or in that sense. Uh, Yeah, of course, as well. I'm really digging a hole here, aren't I? I'm going to stop while I'm ahead. I think you know what I meant. Mesmerizing still. Okay. All right, so yeah, Jolie Holland, awesome performance, you know, amazing woman, great conversation. You're gonna enjoy. So before we get to that, we're gonna have a word from our sponsor, and then a quick word from me again before we get to uh, the episode, and then you know we'll get to it, guys. All right, here we go. Word from our sponsor, Texas Real Food. The Lone Star Play Podcast is produced by Texas Real Food. Go to texasrealfood.com and you can search your city for stores, butchers, restaurants, farmers markets, and more who are using fresh, artisanal, organic sources. It's a fun site that brings all natural options all together. Okay, Texas Real Food. Look, guys, I you know thank them so much for helping us uh, you know, get this podcast going and uh, we're a team. Love Texas Real Food. So please check them out. TexasRealFood.com um, All right. Look, before we get to the interview, you know what I'm going to say. Or maybe you don't. But what I'm going to say is, first of all, thank you again. But I also want to say, don't forget to follow us on social media. That's right. Lone Star Plate TX. Or our website, LoneStarPlate.com. Go to our YouTube the Lone Star Plate. You notice a trend here? The Lone Star Plate. Okay, if you're looking for it somewhere, just search Lone Star Plate. We're gonna come up, boom. But please support us. The best thing you can do is share a share a post, share a video, share a you know a, a, an episode, something, a clip on YouTube. You know that that's the best way to get the word spread, and it is spreading, and we are gaining. So we appreciate it. So thank you so much. Let's keep doing it. All right, let's get to it. Jolie Holland. Oof enjoy so hey listen this is so awesome i'm so excited to uh to talk to you um and yeah get into this where, where are you at right now by the way i'm sorry didn't mean to jump around i'm in la so you weren't here for the the texas winter storm
2: no it's so upsetting i'm so mad and it's, i'm grieving for all these people
1: oh yeah um I I actually, I moved in the middle of it. So I lived in Austin and I moved from Austin to Dallas in the middle of it, right on Saturday. I packed Mm -hmm. on Friday and and left on Saturday. And yeah, it was a tough week. Um, I actually had a family stay with me um, because I had a daughter and a dog and they were sleeping in their car. And I was like, oh, hell no, you're not sleeping in your car. Like, you know, come over to my house and Yeah, it was just, it was absolutely the craziest week I've experienced in Texas, to to be honest with you, because it was so Mm -hmm. widespread, right? It was a whole state. Usually it's like a city or something. then we all, you know, push to work together to help whatever the problem is. But this was like any, you couldn't call anybody. Everyone was suffering. It was so crazy. I just never, never been through anything like that. It was so cold too. Just ridiculously cold.
2: Well, basically, I mean, it was a political problem. It wasn't, it wasn't like a a weather problem problem
1: per se. It was both right. It was the weather brought the weather revealed the problems that we had and we didn't take care of, you know, just like you said, Mm -hmm. political, political nonsense. Um, Yeah, it was what devastated me and most of the people I know um, in Texas during that time was that people were like fighting about that stuff in the middle of people suffering. I was like, look, let's deal with that later. Let's get people power, warmth, food. Like, let's deal with that first instead of, you know, pointing the finger back and forth. You've seen all these, like, uh, uh, our governor uh, went went on Hannity. First of all, I hate Hannity. I hate that guy. (laughs) I hate that show. And he goes on there, and he starts blaming uh, wind power and, like, the green, Mm -hmm. this is what he said, the Green New, this is what the Green New Deal will do for us. What? All of a sudden, he connects (laughs) right the green new deal to that like that that's the re i mean it was like what are you doing like it was yeah. honestly it was really upsetting ted cruz jumping off to cancun leaving us stranded mm-hmm. here meanwhile beto is on the phone call literally calling people from his phone to check on people they called thousands of people to check on him aoc she's not even from texas raised five mm-hmm. million dollars for us
2: i know awesome. it's uh it's cool i um yeah, I mean, it reminds I me, mean, it's exactly how we talk about Katrina. We pretend it's like an act yeah. of God, but it was actually, you know, a
1: Eleven, choices right. yeah. that
2: people made.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Were you were you there in um, New Orleans for that?
2: No, I, I mean, my family is from Texas and New Orleans specifically, like um, my ancestors came over to New Orleans like 1720. So,
1: oh, wow. yeah. And um, where are they from? So what, what part? What like what Where are from? France, Spain, from, from France. Yeah. France. OK. I, um, I was surprised to see that New Orleans had such a Spanish history that I didn't even know about till I took my Spanish wife there. And then all of a sudden, oh. we're, we're, we're going and looking at all this stuff. She's like, whoa, whoa, boom, boom, boom. This is all Spanish. And then we went to, I mean, it was mm-hmm. like, what? I had no idea. I've been in New Orleans a million times. I thought it was just like French, right? Like my whole life. Like that's all I thought. So, no, but yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you.
2: No, 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 that's great. Yeah, it's, there's so, it's um, really culturally rich for sure. That's one of the best then- cities
1: in the world to me. It's awesome.
2: Yeah, the history is really amazing. Just understanding that. Yeah, it's like a, it's such a specific thing. Yeah,
1: it really is, you know, that city really is, absolutely. So, okay, so, you know, after Katrina happened, I guess your family was affected on all that, right? I would imagine. Well, my family- is they're from Houston too? So you got, uh, you know, Hurricane Harvey, oh my. Oh, wow, your family's been through it.
2: No, every I mean everybody was fine, you know. Yeah. Like no, yeah. That's good. Right.
1: Yeah. That's great. I mean,
2: our you know, our neighbors were really uh, you know, went you through know hell.
1: somebody, right? Yeah, you always know somebody that went through it for sure. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's crazy. Um, yeah, it's been a crazy year, right? Just period. Like, we can't. I thought 2020, right? I think a lot of us were like, okay, <clears throat> we got 2020 behind us, but we can start 2021. Mm uh you know off a little bit better but uh
2: i was really excited about 2020 i i had like this like almost like numer like magical numerological optimism about it and that's sure. ridiculous <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're not alone trust me i think we all felt that way like i was thinking the 20 mm-hmm. the roaring 20s. right 2020 started off fantastic for me right for a lot of people i'm sure right and then it just course took a turn uh for the worse
2: i'm doing this cool thing um they they recently developed this program where you can fix your eyesight uh, like if you have myopia there's like a really easy program to do now um and you can pay to do it but i'm doing it for free and i literally could have gotten back to 2020 vision in 2020 (laughs) but like my habits went all To shit like I was just too stressed out to like follow the program so but um yeah I think I even lost ground like it's kind of it's kind of a slow process it's not it's not like a a magical fix but
1: yeah right on yeah you know what again you're not alone it's like especially when the pandemic started was like oh I'm gonna I have all this time I'm gonna do all these things and Mm -hmm. then like yeah I feel like I went backwards a little bit right like was like yeah oh, man. yeah did yeah.
2: did you ever imagine living through a pandemic before this
1: no no of course not never never in a million years and honestly i was kind of still in denial for the first month like mm. you know what i mean like this can't this is how does this happen you know like this is unreal this is there's no way that this is gonna last you know i kept that well it just last this long and this long and then Right. Yeah. No, I never did. What about you? Were you ever?
2: I mean, you know? again, you know, it's a man-made problem. Like we were, so, we were so used to having, you know, fun- semi-functional leadership that would at least keep. You know, we were used to having a CDC. We were used to having a World Health Organization that would prevent stuff like this happening. And this is what happens when you go in and you gut everything. Like. I mean thank God it was not Ebola. You know, thank God it was not more deadly because it easily could have. I'm I'm kind of a history buff especially like thinking about um you know people's lived experience. So sure. I I definitely did imagine it. I you know, I I've always like heard stuff about whatever plagues and and the the flu epidemic a hundred years ago. Yeah. And I always thought like that, that's a trip. Like, what would that be like? And it's interesting to see like vestiges of what we're going through now repeated in the past, but they didn't have the science that we have. Like, yeah. you know, por- porches used to be so important. Like getting back to Texas, like you see these houses with these huge porches. Um, That was because people needed basically fresh air to social distance. Oh, I
0: didn't and know. And they that. didn't
2: yeah, they didn't really understand like the science behind it, but they knew that, you know, people who spent more time outside didn't get as sick.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, it, wow. Mm-hmm. That is crazy.
2: And you see it at like old folks like my um my cousins, I I live with I live in a duplex with my favorite cousins out here. And they're like, um, you know, they're boomers. So they talk about like old folks that they knew. And those people were there was like a craze in California for sleeping with your windows open. Like and that's the same thing that's coming from like, oh, fresh air is going to save our lives.
1: Yeah. Fresh air will save our lives. You know, that is funny. I think (laughs) old people do say just go and get some fresh air. Right, you feeling bad, just go out and get some fresh air. That's funny mm-hmm. you say that, that's crazy. Wow, this is cool, I wasn't expecting to learn this stuff. I didn't know that about the porches. That's a really yeah. interesting fact. That's really interesting, that makes a lot of sense. You know, it's funny because that's it, right? You, they see things working for some reason, they don't know why, but they continue to do them, right? And mm-hmm. then here we are a hundred years later, like you said, we have way more science. I mean, we've been to the moon, hello, you know. Mm-hmm and we're still doing the same stupid shit a hundred years later repeating the same mistakes i don't get it yeah
2: culture culture is slow in a a (laughs) really interesting way it's like it's really interesting like you know and we value these things that hang on like we value like you know cooking traditions and like somebody's got a cool accent you know like (laughs) stuff like this but um other really dumb things hang on to.
1: yeah that's so true wow that is crazy um yeah that is funny um why is it like that why do you think culture hangs behind like that you know well
2: i mean there's there's really good reasons for it like um i mean we like to think of ourselves as like we're so humans are so cool and special <laughs> but
0: like right.
2: but we're just animals and um it's really valuable to kind of have this, like almost embodied, encoded, like almost instinctual way of remembering how to do things. It's like, think about birds, like they don't get to know their parents. Their mom doesn't teach them stuff that, you know, that much stuff. They just, it's, they just realize what happened to them as a child and then they replicate it.
1: Yeah, oh, that is interesting. That is interesting. You know, speaking of, we're just animals, we're just humans here. Did you see the um, the rover? I know this, ha- you know, in Texas, it was, you know, a lot going on. But in the middle of the week, we landed that uh, the Perseverance on Mars. Mm-hmm. Did you see that video and stuff? I thought that was so cool. I think, you know, that 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 alone, I think, is um reason for us to start thinking about ourselves like on this planet of helping each other and we're all in this right like just that that image alone on mars of this Mm -hmm. just complete barren place that probably had life before right like we think we're special right and it's that's the point i mean i hate to say this and you know we're not really that special in the sense that i think life is everywhere in my opinion in the universe right like just the Mm. odds of it so but that doesn't mean anything you know I guess you're special in your own way but we're not like life isn't special maybe I don't know I guess it's a complicated thing of I guess just perspective of of, you know how you think of it some people if you think of yourself as insignificant that like your life has no meaning but for me that doesn't mean anything right it's just okay I'm stardust I'm that's cool to me I'm, I'm happy with that um, I, I find it fascinating that there's so much out there that we don't know, and we mm-hmm. right? we don't have all the answers. I'm okay to die without all the answers. I'm
2: okay yeah. with that. You yeah, know? me too. I yeah, I'm, that's all right. It's
1: a funny I, thing, right? It's, it's crazy.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a paradox. But um, I was not that inspired by by the Mars thing. Um, I'm friends with. Brett Gerwitz, um, who is who's in that band Bad Religion. Um, I used to be
1: on I used to be on his, <laughs> religion, be on his yeah.
2: record label. Sorry. I used, I was on his record really? label called oh, Anti. Sh- wow.
1: And yes, had, oh yeah, yeah. I read that. I read that.
2: So so Epitaph is is the name of his label. And then they they started like a side, you know, non-punk rock boy band um, arm. Which is called Anti. And the first artist on that was um, waits. And then Merle Haggard was on there for a while. Really? Um, yeah. Oh. And uh, so I was I was actually the first woman on the late on Anti. And it was so cool telling my grandmother before she died, like, Grandma, I'm on a label with Merle Haggard. <laughs> <laughs> you know? They, my, my family from East Texas, they're like, you out in (laughs) California, like, they're like, (laughs) I guess they like your music out there. Like, they, you know, like, just not, you know, I mean, they're like, you know, redneck ish and they, they, they joke hard, but um, they, they didn't get it. You know, I mean, they were like, they were into like Western spring and stuff. and my my great uncles played with bob wills oh wow so um that you know so they were kind of they were kind of used to you know more uh, you know sort of music that had more of a bigger footprint culturally than than what i do um and i you know i grew up going to these uh dances that my great uncles would put on and they're twins
1: oh really they're performance mm-hmm. twins oh that's cool that's yeah cool. and actually the
2: the last one just passed away he got to be uh oh, sorry to he gets he gets to be almost 99 no it's cool
1: wow 99 that's a life i hope i get to that age i'm envious i hope i make it uh that far um wow that is so is that where you got your love for music you think from starting to go there, or?
2: Oh, I really don't know. I mean, I've been writing songs since I was like, uh, like literally, I think I wrote my first song when I was six. So like that, and, oh, wow. and I remember it. I like, I can play it for you. So um, wow. I just, I don't even know. <laughs> like, I definitely didn't get any um, uh, lessons or, you know, helpful encouragement as a kid, but they, they also just didn't mess with me about music like i would yeah. get i would get grounded and go to my room and like literally there there was a piano in my room not wow. because they didn't get me a piano but like my mom's friend was moving out of town and my mom kept the piano for her because they couldn't sort out the movers and they put it in my bedroom so I would be grounded with a piano
1: and you just go to town on that thing. So you just taught I yourself just to play. Wow.
2: I just played all the time. Yeah.
1: Wow. That's crazy. What would you, were you always interested in writing originals? Is that why you started to play music or were you interested I, in covering other songs and getting into I that? was,
2: I, because I never had any education, like I, I didn't even know how to learn somebody else's song for a really long time
1: yeah yeah so you were just all about the originals writing your own stuff getting that out
2: yeah I had to be and yeah. then um I met I met a girl in uh in junior high who like started teaching me guitar when I was 13 so then oh, wow. then I could start to learn other people's songs
1: yeah yeah from guitar that that's you know I feel like I, I don't know if everyone does that, but I got a guitar in high school too and tried to, just so I could enter a talent show. I remember, I was like, okay, I'm gonna play this talent show and I wrote a song for it, but I didn't even know how to play guitar. But I wrote in the song, I was like, okay, I gotta learn to play the guitar, at least a few chords, right? I just needed two or three chords that I could get up and do. And I, man, I practiced for like two months on this shitty pawn shop guitar that I got. Yeah. And, and I did it, it was fun. It was, uh, you know, learning guitar is, super hard, right? There's that first hump of I'm not going to be able mm-hmm. to do this. This is not going to happen. How do people, my thing was like, I couldn't get the rhythm of my hand.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and now it's like, no, I've been playing guitar for so long now, but I remember that being thing. Th- it was like, how do I, it was so choppy and and even my fingers on the, uh, the action. I remember it was like an inch off of the fret, right? It was just like, oh, oh yeah.
2: <laughs> it's brutal. Those guitars that we have to learn on. I don't know how anybody does it. I mean, I, yeah,
1: my fingers were bleeding. I remember that my mom was like, dude, what's wrong with you? I was like, I'm practicing guitar in the garage. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that's funny. Well, that's great. So, so your friend teaches you guitar and now what did, were there people around you? I'm always curious about this with artists. Were there people around you telling you, yeah, you, you got something, you know, this is great or not? I hear different I mean, things. I mean, everybody's got a story, but.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, it's kind of like the curse of the gifted and talented. Like, I was always one of the best musicians in my, any, any you know, like I was in, um, I got to start playing violin in school orchestra. Oh, and wow. it's back when we had that. And, um, I, you know, I never had private lessons like I literally got gossip from a girl down the street who had private lessons, and I would get tips from this child, you know. So um, <laughs>
0: that's funny. That's funny. Um,
2: and it's unfortunate, you know, because I never really had any structure for learning anything else. But I, there's, you know, there's also a power in being self-educated, and then like. In my 20s, I started being able to play with these older jazz guys who were like 20 years older than me. And they, they had. That's music. your
1: school, right? That's exactly. your school right there.
2: Exactly. And like, so then I learned like language around music. I learned how to call a song. I learned how to put a song in my key for my voice. And, um, the, a lot of people get really tripped up by education, and and I've had really beautiful people like this in my bands before. Like, I have a really sweet friend whose father is a famous choral teacher, a choral and like, teacher. She, like he was, like he would lead choirs, and his choirs like okay, won got it. all the competitions, whatever. And she and her mother. Uh, was first viola in this in her city orchestra so she was you know like a symphony brat and she was terrified to sing like she had been trained to sing and she could not sing because that classical education can be so brutal and it's it can be really disrespectful of creativity and like an individual voice
1: I see what you're saying Um, yeah yeah and this
2: girl was like she was getting a check from the symphony when she was 15 like she's she's a total badass
1: yeah wow but for some reason in that right in that environment she couldn't shine as well right is that it was it it
2: was just too traumatic you know
1: yeah yeah totally Wow, that's so interesting so you know this I'm, I'm from the restaurant industry um, i had a food truck mm-hmm. in austin for many years uh, you know awesome you know love food right we're sponsored by texas real Foods. it's a big deal for us we push food on here we support you know all the local farmers and ranchers and i'm all about that local food and I there's a big it. thing there's a big thing amongst chefs of i don't have any formal training but i mm-hmm. worked for so many other chefs in restaurants and this and that in in the world so not just in yeah America, but, So, but there's this thing in the restaurant industry, sort of what you're saying, like some chefs had formal training they went to culinary school and they this and that, and they got out and blah, 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 but they had Mm -hmm. a lot of bad habits and they had these things and maybe they didn't know certain things. Right. And, uh, and other chefs who had no formal training, but had worked with particular chefs and this and that were awesome. Right. They just Mm have these great habits and this and that. And I remember this one chef, John shout out to chef John. He's been on the podcast. Um, John Thompson. Um, he told me this one time, I'll just never forget it. It was years and years and years ago when I worked for Chef Stephen Piles. And he said, um, basically, like, look, dude, if I were you, I wouldn't go to culinary school. What I would do is take that money mm-hmm. and use it to live off of and go work for different chefs for six months at a time right? For two years, just go boom, 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 and go work for different things that you want to learn, right? You want to learn this technique, go work for this chef. You want to learn this style of food. And it's not kind of like for music, right? You want to learn this and that, like go here and do that. So that's interesting that you, you know, was that your plan the whole time or did you ever think along the line? No, I do want to get some sort of education or you never, you strayed away from it.
2: I really appreciate hearing about your process. So, I love like hearing this about your, you as a kid being like, I want to be at this show. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. It's really cute. Um, I was never that person. So, um, my deal is like, um, I kind of, I sort of, I started out really as a poet and a musician separately. And it took me several years to join them up so I had these two strains that were developing on their own and it was this um gradual process so I'm really not a performer like I um I mean I love my fans and I I want to you know do the best thing for them but like I hate standing in front of like standing in the lights you know i do not really do that no i hate it so i'm a writer you know and writers are shy (laughs) they don't know what to do with the fucking spotlight you know like that no i don't know so um and like, I'm grateful, you know, that some people like that style of performance. Like it basically, it's like a real like inner concentration, you know? And like, to me, the music is, and the, I mean, the performance is important, but it's not like showbiz. <laughs> it's more yeah. like, uh, you know, some inner experience. It's like, a no, uh, unfortunately um and that's why i like having really cute people in my band you know
0: <laughs> i like, you feel
1: like it takes the attention off of you I like and so having, you can just sing
0: I,
2: yeah i like having badasses in my band um, i mean
1: that's of course yeah yeah absolutely who
2: might might be more into showing off than me but it's interesting like the culture around music is not set up that way And like every single time I go into a venue, I have to remember, you know, to say to the lighting people, light the entire band, because sometimes they put them all in the dark. And I'm like, do you see how cute this guitar player is? No, we need to light on him.
0: (laughs) That's funny. That is funny. You
2: know. I love watching a drummer, you know, I want to, I want to be able to see the drummer and like, yeah. I don't, you know,
1: mm. I don't know if I ever had this conversation on the podcast. I love this. I've talked to so many artists and musicians. This has never come up one time. And I love this because that's a, that's very interesting that you say that, you know, that, that is very interesting. What, why do you think that is? Is that something you always struggled with or has it kind oh. of gone?
2: well it's just because i'm a writer
1: is that it that's the whole reason i mean i just
2: don't i'm not there i'm not there to like dance
1: (laughs) 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 Uh, that is funny do you ever get people like fans saying stuff about that do they notice it do they like you know, Hey, you, you seem awkward up there or are you happy up there? Or has that ever happened? Have you ever heard any feedback like that?
2: I mean, I, I think some people say it, but it's like, I don't give a fuck.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. Absolutely. I wouldn't care one way or the other. Absolutely. You gotta be you. Right. That that's what, that's what people really want to go see is genuine. Not somebody trying to be something they're not. I don't know. I feel like we see through that pretty easily as fans. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong.
2: Yeah. I really don't know. I mean, I, I really appreciate, I really appreciate like super embodied players. You know, I really, I love that, but, um, it's not my thing. And it's also not like I can't dance. I can dance. I just don't want to do it on stage.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's even cooler. That's actually even cooler. It's like, I can do it. I just not here. I think that's even cool. That's even cooler. Wow, that is you know that's fascinating from a I've heard that before, actually. um I just interviewed Lee Nash. She was in the band Sixpence None the Richer. I don't know if you've heard of that oh, band cool. before
2: I gotta say the girl that taught me how to play guitar was in that band.
1: Oh really? Yeah. Wow, okay, very cool. yeah, so Lee Lee basically said what you just said like she gets super nervous doesn't like the lights on her you know doesn't like the spotlight like it's it makes her you know she has to like sort of get herself worked up to get on stage and to face mm-hmm. that i found that it's a, fascinating there's like, a wow. lot of pressure yeah it's
2: also it's also something that men don't experience um and i got it i got a name shout my girl because like she's the greatest tess wiley um is the woman that taught me how to play guitar so um yeah my boyfriend he's a good looking guy he has like amazing hair he has like him and his mom have like the most incredible like thick stunning hair and he can grow this like dream beard you know and like he literally so and he's but he's a total total hippie and just doesn't care about that stuff and he literally cut his beard off because it made him shy because people would always comment on his beard wow and so he gets on you know he puts on a shirt and a pair of boots and just like you know that's it he just dresses up and in like his like stage outfit which is probably like 10% nicer than his like regular clothes like not a big deal
1: (laughs) yeah yeah
2: and that's it that he's on stage and he doesn't think about it you know but like there's definitely so much pressure on women to like put some goop on your face yeah and like
1: totally I see get into
2: the the necromancy of your outfit you know it's like it's some deep, weird black magic, you know. That and-
1: sucks. That sucks, really. Right? That sucks. I hate that you guys have that pressure. That stinks. That's boy, that sucks, man. That's uh, that's not fair. I mean, I hate to say that, but that yeah, that's not fair. That shouldn't be that way, right? Why is it like that? You think? Why is? I feel like the world is going through a lot of this stuff right now. Like we're sort of having to face a lot of these issues um right head first I don't know it, it seems that way with race gender right a lot of these things are coming up uh, which I'm happy to discuss and mm-hmm. to and and talk about I, I think for me it's about time uh in a lot of instances um, mm-hmm. so and, and this is one of them right I hear something like that and that breaks my heart to hear that that you know j- some guys like doesn't even have to worry about that now I'm sure there are guys that get nervous and go up but What you're saying Mm -hmm. is that is something they don't have to worry about, that, you know, putting all this stuff on, getting up, maybe putting on some sort of special outfit or something, you know, and get you have to look a certain way, I guess, as a woman that a man just doesn't even have to worry about. I I honestly never thought about that.
2: I, I loved going to see Lucinda Williams. Like, I don't know, I think it was about, oh, God. It might've been over 10 years ago. It was a really cool show. She opened up for George Jones. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was, it was really sick. Um, do I have this straight? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so it was amazing to go see her cause she looked, I mean, she looked incredible. She had on this like really sick outfit and she like Um, her hair looked really cool and the dudes in her band looked like they were going fishing (laughs) I was like really guys come on
1: that sucks but you're right guys just throw on some jeans and a shirt and right that's it and jump on the stage and don't even think twice about it. Now, I wasn't a band many, many years ago, like in my early 20s, you know, just stupid, mm-hmm. whatever, but everybody, everybody's done that. And I remember the first drummer we had in the band, he did take like three hours to get ready for the show.
0: Whoa. I mean, yeah,
1: his hair was like down like midway to his back. So he took like wow. half of the time was to get his hair perfect. I mean, it had Damn. to have it just perfect shirt had to be perfect paint. I mean, every, you know, he had every little accessory and I mean, you know, he looked fantastic. Uh, he cool. was not a good drummer, though. I was like, dude, you, you spend <laughs> <laughs> you should spend more time learning to play drums mm-hmm. instead of looking good. Um, you know, maybe that's the guy's problem, right? Maybe that's it. I don't know. I'm, I mean, we're digging into this. Maybe that's the guys, you know, guys can't multitask. They can't do two things. They're stupid. We're stupid. All right, I women think nobody can, can multitask. They, well, maybe that's it, too. <laughs>
2: um so what was that band like
1: you know it was good time I I definitely enjoyed it great great uh you know great times in my life um the the new drummer that we got my friend Adrian um we're I'm still he's my best friend Still friends he helped me move this weekend you know so lovely yeah you know great relationships you you keep for a long time and yeah good times I mean I enjoyed it for sure it was it was a lot of fun I like every you know i guess some people's dream right i wanted to be some rock star or something and it was fun i enjoyed playing on stage and having a good time
2: so it was like a rock band
1: yeah you know some sort of uh i love third eye blind at the time mm-hmm. so i was really into them i would say they were probably my biggest influence as far as songwriting goes and the style of music you know that mm-hmm. we did. so cool. yeah it was. Fun. i mean it was you know early 2000s deep ellum that whole scene mm-hmm. that was it yeah you know? You know, so no, um, nothing like, I mean, good God, this was, you know, dropping the bucket. You, you're, you know, you're the pro here for better,
2: for worse. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, it's my job. Um, I want to point out this is this poster yes. that I wanted to include in the, yes. in the shot here. This is Buck Meek. Um and he he grew up near um near Dallas in Wimberley.
1: Oh yeah, Wimberley.
2: And actually Wimberley. my um or I think near Wimberley, but um my one of the guitar players in my band, Adam Brisbane, he grew up near there too.
1: Okay.
2: Um, but Buck is in that band Big Thief.
1: Big Thief, yeah. Wow.
2: Um, and then yeah, I love this poster and this. This was printed by Little Maisarn with uh, Twain. So this is like from there. This was, I, I was so into getting this framed because it was like the last, um, it was the second to last show that I got to go see before lockdown. So this was, oh, that wow. was in, this was uh, January, 2020. And then I got to go see Mike Watt in early March.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> Early March. Yeah, you were in the very end of, right? That That's when shows stopped, really, right? I mean, just mm-hmm. after that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
2: It's going to be so intense to go to shows again.
1: How is that? Yeah, that is, I mean, absolutely. And, and, you know, it's funny. I've been talking with artists since the pandemic started. We We pivoted right when that happened because we were doing mm-hmm. in-person podcast. And then, boom, we had to pivot to do remote, of course. Um, and I've been talking with artists, you know, since it started, it's really been the same conversation to be honest with you. Right. As far as right. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know when I'm going to get back to, you know, playing shows. You know, nobody knows anything. Is that sort of your position too? Although I do see some bands booking a few gigs now Mm. here in Texas.
2: Oh, cool. Right. No, we're not there. I mean, like one minute ago in, in, la we had like nine percent positivity rate like some of the hospitals icus were like over 300 percent packed like no it's it's really dangerous out here like plus like my lungs are pretty bad so i have to be super careful sure Sure. um Yeah.
1: yeah I mean, they're doing the shows socially distanced with masks. You know, it's all that, but they're still doing some. Show, mm. At least that's something, I guess. You know, twenty-five percent capacity or something like that, or, or fifty yeah. percent capacity. You know, I don't I mean, trust be- these people with their masks. Like, I, like, uh, yeah. I
2: even had, to, I had to go to the doctor the other day, and this girl who was like, right
1: here, like she it right it here? was just,
2: yeah, it was just like yeah, balancing right here. delicately on oh. her nose. Like, no, girl.
1: Jesus that bothers me. When I see somebody nose out, I'm just like, what are you doing? Right? You look ridiculous first of all. You look ridiculous. Why do what I just don't get it. It's like how you're is that your there. freedom taken away? Yeah, you're almost there, right? You're so close. <laughs> just a little bit more. You're so close. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, absolutely. It's very frustrating. I don't know. Are you the type of person to say something to somebody or no?
2: I am almost that bitch.
1: I've 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 <laughs> done it. I've said it a couple Good times. Good
0: for you. Uh, what not, do you say? Much. What is your, what's so one your time, like? Uh,
1: I mean, I'm honest. I'm just honest mm-hmm. with the situation. I'm just like, hey, can you put your mask on? That's it. That's all I'll say. That's great. Hey, can you put, hey, can yeah. you put your mask on? Oh, it's some neutral. people forget. Some people forget. <laughs> I forgot. I walked in. T- I was about walking in the store, you know, and this the lady at the front. Hey, you need your mask? I was like, oh, sh- oh, my God. I- I'm so sorry. I I felt like the biggest idiot. I really did. Huh. I was like. How did you forget you're in a pandemic Patrick how did you even forget this so I, I went back to my car grabbed it and and no problem mm. uh so that's all that's my thought I think you know, maybe just some people are just forgetting or whatever this one lady she's on the phone in HUB in an aisle where her mask is down around her you know chest or whatever and she's just yapping and all this stuff. uh ma'am I said can you please put your mask on like yeah. not you're not only you're spitting everywhere all over the food Like, you're having the (laughs) loudest conversation. I heard you three aisles down by the Asian food, right? Like, Mm -hmm. this is ridiculous. Uh, Yeah, so, (laughs) but absolutely. I mean, for the most part, if it's far away from me, you're right. Like, if it's not, I'm not. But if it's near me, dude, that's my life. So I'm sorry, but I will say something. I don't care. Good for you.
2: I'm proud of you. Um, There's documented cases from 24 feet away
1: indoors. Like, it's
2: not safe.
1: I mean, you're right. You're 100% right. That's it. It's it's not. Yeah, you're right. I want to rep
2: Austin restaurants that I love.
1: Yes, Um, please.
2: And I really only have one by name because I honestly, I don't eat out much. I really, I'm a good cook and I like my own cooking way better than most restaurants.
1: That's Um, what I'm talking about.
2: Plus, it's like you can afford to cook better at home than it is you to get eat so out. So
1: much, yeah, you get so much more, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually,
2: this okay. So I love that place, Dai Du
1: I love Dai Du That is a, it's a butcher shop restaurant for those of you that don't know, right? Yeah, go ahead. You you explain it. Yes, I love that place.
2: Oh yeah. So it's not just a butcher shop. I like I love all the like odd odds and ends you can buy. Like yeah. it's kind of like a farmer's market a bit.
1: Yeah, fr- I can say I I can see that. Yeah. You know A little mini farmers market for sure.
2: I I had I had a birthday there two years ago. Like it's I love that place.
1: Wow. Glad you brought we've actually talked about Died Away on the podcast uh before. Uh that seems to be a lot of people's favorite uh place. They have one of the best burgers I ever had there. Oh
2: my God. Seriously. It's I mean, ridiculous. okay, I'm I was like a baby vegan when I was in um, when I was growing up in Houston. So like people say, oh, you know, Texas, like, what can you tell me about barbecue? I can't tell you anything about barbecue, but (laughs) like
0: I. (laughs) That's funny.
2: So but but then um, like it was not on my radar and I was one of those weird vegans like I didn't care. I wasn't like entranced by bacon or, you know, like I was just a straight up vegan and I was happy. Um, And then I, all these doctors were telling me that I couldn't be a vegan anymore. And I mean, I I know so many vegans that would be like, that is pure bullshit, but I was a very, very good vegan. You know, I was like, um, uh, I was reading nutrition books and I'm a very good cook. So um, I couldn't save my own ass as a as like a great cook and extremely nerdy about it all. So, um, so I went back to being an omnivore, but yeah, I do a incredible burger.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, that's incredible. Um, you know, that's interesting about the vegan thing because look, uh, not everything works for everybody. So even Mm -hmm. if you had a vegan friend that's, oh, that's bullshit. Well, dude, everybody's body is different. So I'm sorry. Like, right. Like I've been in food for so long. This is like all Mm. I know. So I've had these conversations a million times with all kinds of different chefs or whatever. Everybody, everybody's different. Everybody and everybody is different. Right. Mm -hmm. So what, what diet works for one person just does not work for everybody. I mean, that's just the case. So, you know, someone's like, Oh, paleo works for me or keto works for me. And you know, you should do it. Yeah. Maybe give it a try, but if it's not working, don't think like, right. You're doing it wrong or you're, you're, you're bad or whatever. It's just some things don't work for people. And I've heard that with vegans, some, some bodies just don't work with it. I don't know. Um, I I think we're all a little vegan though. I say this all the time. We don't, every meal we don't have a steak with. Right. So it's like, you probably eat half vegan through during the week. I'm sure not every meal has a bunch of meat in it. Um, Yeah, for
2: sure. Um, Yeah. And that's a good way to to talk about it. Yeah, people are so complicated.
1: <laughs> that's an understatement of the year right there.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. We're we are the most complex animals. Yes. And um this blew my mind. I didn't really, I don't really get this, but like, you know, we think of like uh, raccoons as being tough, you know, like we think of other animals as like able to withstand stress but we are actually the animal that can withstand the most stress and survive. Like a lot of, a lot of critters would just die.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I never thought about that. That is it's, interesting. It's
2: Yeah. And it has to do with like, whatever our brains and other stuff, but.
1: Sure. Well, that makes sense. We're top of the food chain. We, <laughs> you know, we run everything on the planet here. Right. Um, Yeah, that would make sense that we could handle um, a lot of stress. Shit, I look at countries and how other people live and what they go through. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I would say that. I would say the human, right? The human mind can deal with a lot and keep going.
0: mm -hmm.
2: We've been through some crazy bottlenecks too. Like we've been down to like two thousand individuals as a species before. Really?
1: We've lived lived through a lot. Shit, I didn't know that. I knew it got I knew it got bad at some point. I remember seeing on Mm -hmm. Cosmos or some shit. I didn't realize it was that low a number. Wow, that's like one bad storm takes us out, right? Sort of holy Jesus Christ.
2: And that they just had some proof in northern Spain that people have actually hibernated before.
1: I I read that. I know what you're t- I feel like I read that a little while ago, actually. Um okay. yes, I, I heard about that. That is interesting. It, it was right?
2: Neanderthals. It was yeah. Neanderthals, but they're still people.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, absolutely, <laughs> right? We we merged together, right? Like that's the that is interesting too, right? When you go back and look at all the different human species and how you know we all connected and and where we are what, what is it they had Denisovans. am i saying that wrong i don't know I, I don't know i've just read it too something like that yeah, it was Denisovans, neanderthals and and i've always said neanderthal and then when i see on tv they go neanderthal so i don't know which way right tomato tomato i don't know but and then Den- yeah i don't it is fascinating i do love that shit uh, to be honest with you how we got here how we are who we are I think it's fascinating mm-hmm. because here's the deal. You go to Starbucks, you get, I don't go to Starbucks, but whoever goes to Starbucks and gets a drink and goes to whatever store and buys this, like at the end of the day, if we were to zoom out, does that mean anything? It means shit. Half of the stuff we do day to day means shit. I mean, it just means nothing really. And I find that fascinating that we still do it. You know, at the end of the day, we still do it. Imagine if, right? We, like, love, we love coffee. Yeah, we love <laughs> We love coffee. That should be the name of the, the that, that'll be on the tombstone of earth. Uh, when it's, mm-hmm. when we're dead, we love coffee. That's why we killed ourselves. But yes, that's, uh, I just find that fascinating and what life used to be like and how we got here. Right. Imagine those 2000 people back in whatever time looking through a crystal ball or something and seeing the world today and seeing how everybody's living. You think they're just like, dude, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Or, right, like, what the hell, we're out here spearing cheetahs and, you know what I mean, uh, <laughs> jumping over cliffs and, you know, free diving, uh, whatever, in the ocean, and, and these <laughs> motherfuckers are just, you know what I mean, just like doing whatever, going to comedy shows, playing music, even that seems very, like, uh, you know, a privilege. Utopian yeah utopia privilege yeah. right yeah yeah exactly mm-hmm. um i do i just, uh, that to me is fascinating yeah i just find that so fascinating mm-hmm. i wish we could time travel i guess that's what i'm trying to get to
2: <laughs> what's that dude um the guy that talks shit straight to the billionaire's faces at davos like his name's like rutger or something do you remember that guy
1: no well, i don't know oh, if i, I heard about him.
2: this this is he is so audacious he's so good um uh yeah his name is like Rutger or something, and he's he's Scandinavian, so he's got a really cool last name that I can't remember and uh <laughs> it's um he wrote a book called Utopia for Realists that came out like whatever in the in the last couple of years so that's i i recommend it it's very it's very hopeful
1: okay, I'm gonna look that up absolutely I'm all about that what's the gist so, more or less i mean
2: what's what's that
1: what's the gist of it more or less?
2: It's kind of like what you were saying, like it's it's like looking back at somebody from the perspective of like the Middle Ages and what their dreams for the future were like and how we're basically living them.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. Even the lowest. I mean, this sounds I I don't want to sound off topic or even insensitive, but just Mm. because we're on this topic. Even somebody living in the lowest poverty probably on earth right now is maybe even living better than somebody back at that time. I don't know. I I don't know if that that makes sense, right? But then at the same time, you see people living in poverty today. It's like, dude, that's bad. I don't know if people were living that bad back then. Even the richest, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like how that changes, right? The richest people back X, you know, whatever time ago it's a joke right if if we were to bring them into today we're just a normal person is living better than that than them you know uh and in, that is fascinating. in some
2: in some places i think that's true um ugh. yeah but there but it's it's almost creepier to see people living that it's i mean it is it's creepier to see people living that badly when when they don't have to
1: a hundred percent well with everything that we have and all the technology and everything it's it's I don't disappointing. It's beyond that. It's beyond disappointing. It's it's it shouldn't happen, right? It's 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 completely. Yeah, we have all the resources. We have everything to feed everybody. Um, there is no food shortage. You know, it's a big thing that comes up. How are we going to feed the the planet? How are we going to feed yeah. everybody? That like that conversation comes up. Population control. That's no, bullshit. We waste mm-hmm. so much food. We we could actually feed the world ten times over if we didn't waste as much food as we did right now.
2: I know, it's really depressing. I mean, and that's another reason why I love cooking for myself. We don't, I don't think, I don't think we've wasted hardly anything. I mean, there was, I had to throw out a loaf of bread. We're not even used to eating bread. So it got moldy (laughs) or whatever. But um, like, uh, we have eaten so well during the pandemic. Like I signed up for two different CSAs because yeah. i'm like a i'm a very like basically nervous person and i'm i'm pretty good at planning under duress so like as soon as i saw all this coming down here first of all i i have a friend in italy who was locked down so she yeah. before before all of it happened here i was like people on twitter were telling me to shut up you know like i i was saying like yep the morgues are all full in these in these cities and they're using ch- churches and stuff and people were mad at me they were like that's not gonna happen here like okay um but
1: <laughs> america so- we're america right
2: <laughs> no sure? not anymore not anymore yeah. so-,
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> so um this you know, my, my like self-protective instinct is pretty strong. And my boyfriend is like this nice white man who's like nothing bad has ever happened to him in his entire life. (laughs) And he's just, you know, he thinks he can talk his way out of any problem. And, um, so my instincts kicked in and I signed us up for CSAs because I was like, okay, we don't want to be leaving the house as much as possible. And I got, in like right, I was one of the last people to get this ranch CSA from this farm, Autonomy Farms. They're based out of Bakersfield, and it's it's the best food I've ever had in my entire life. Like awesome. I don't know why we waited this long to get on this ranch CSA. It's just incredible. And then we've had this local um, vegetable CSA from it's called South Central Farms and it's brilliant we can't we get the small box and we can't keep up with it
1: that's awesome is all are both boxes all vegetables and fruits or does any of them have meats
2: oh yeah the ranch one is all has
1: meats oh oh, that's Mm -hmm. the ranch one's all meat okay i see what kind of meats are you getting i'm curious mixed um it's always mixed beef that sort of thing Um, bacon
2: chicken beef and lamb
1: lamb Um, nice
2: their bacon is really expensive, but I feel like I should spring for it sometime because it's uh, I get I'm sure it. it's
1: it's not the bacon you're used to. It's a different uh, real yeah. bacon, honestly, I would say ninety percent of America's never had real bacon before. That's the truth. From,
2: from like pastured animals. Yeah, it's gotta it's be thicker. Incredible.
1: It's like th- it's like a piece of meat. Bacon is mm-hmm. meat. People like mm-hmm. we can right, you get this little uh, Yes, it's like a whole different thing. Like, I learned that really from living in Spain. I remember like oh, living in yes. Spain and like they give you bacon. It was like, I was like, this is a bacon. What the hell is this? This is a bacon. And I was like, we get, we got crispy bacon in a crisp, you know, crispy bacon. It's like, they laugh at that. Like some fucking joke. Like, we burn it. That's them. That's them telling us we burn the fucking bacon. Oh, that really yeah. is kind of true. You're really taking, right? You're cooking everything out of it. Uh, but mm-hmm. I still love a good piece of crispy bacon. So you know, whatever yeah. you grow up with it. It's, you get used to it, but yeah, it's usually thicker cut. You season it, you cook it like a piece of meat. I mean, that's the, that's the truth. They're,
2: they're the connoisseurs of, of pig. And they're, oh. I mean, they're, they're like massaging them and feeding them special things. Like <laughs>
1: that's what they call. A- uh, that's what they call it. Those are the acorns. Oh, they feed them.
0: Oh, uh, awesome.
1: The bellota is the the special uh, pig or hog in Spain. They feed them bellotas. Actually, just fall naturally from the tree, right? They just let them roam and and eat this stuff, and you get right the special jamon, jamon serrano that's called Jota Jota Cinco. So they have different levels, but that's like the highest level. You know, it's like literally a hundred dollars a gram or some shit. I mean, it's just like wow, crazy yeah. But it's the it's- best thing you've ever eaten. Pro- I mean. It just melts in your mouth. Any, mm-hmm. any fresh uh, jamon serrano for me is, it's my favorite thing to eat, actually. If we're, if we're being frank here, that's literally my favorite yeah. thing to put in my <laughs> mouth is a piece of jamon serrano. Like, it really is. You keep them in your kitchen in Spain. You just have this leg of ham in your kitchen on a table mm-hmm. and you, with a little knife. And you just, anytime you're hungry, you just walk up and hit off a few slices. I never stopped eating it. My roommates would get so <laughs> mad at me. Like, the, the American won't, won't stop eating our ham. I was like, dude, this is—we don't do this in America, y'all. We're not going to put a piece of meat like this out in the air, uh, just for everybody to go to town on. That's just not going to happen. Uh, Mm. Yeah, love that part of it. Oh man, amazing. Love talking food with you. Yeah, love talking food with you, Julie. This is awesome. What what sort of stuff do you cook, by the way? You said you cook. I don't want to overlook that.
2: Oh, I'm I'm really adventurous. I get really excited about like new processes. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to make uh turnip cakes at home without a steamer and i think i figured it out um yeah
1: interesting because we never had i never uh, even tried to make it i don't don't even know where to begin
2: i was successful like one time but that was that was a while ago we have a lot of um daikons yeah from the box so Mm -hmm. i'm trying to like honor the daikons i love turnip cake i love like dim sum turnip cakes yeah. and i think that's a chinese turnip but daikon is like a very close relative
1: oh sure yeah oh the, i think it's just all radish right i mean um you know yeah so if, if somebody were to just give you you know some meat and vegetable you could just you could make something up you could oh, for sure okay yeah that's a real kind of cook, right? Like uh, to me, I
2: love cooking. I love cooking like a farmer like that. Like just, you know, you, you have these things and this is what we have to eat.
1: Yeah. You know, people will say like, I don't know, you know, I'll have people over. I'm going to cook. I I always cook for people. That's, that's my big thing. I love cooking for people. Mm -hmm. I I love it. So uh, what's this called? What's this dish called? It doesn't have a name. It's just, it's this and this and this, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have a fucking name everything has to have a name or be a dish. Does that make sense? Like, like you said, it's just, yes. I, had this, I had this protein, I had these vegetables and I, and I did this technique to this and this technique to that. Right. And then we're eating. That's it. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no specialness uh, to it or as far as there's no name specifically to it. You know, that, that's my favorite way to cook.
2: I um, I've learned so much in the past couple of years from uh, Don uh, from Abuela Angela on Demi rancho a tu cocina That's and, spanish
1: hablas muy bien eh hablas muy bien el um,
2: necesi- i need to learn more oh my god <laughs> but like but I, there's a lot of people in my family that are native spanish speakers so like i have oh, really? no i've no excuse not to have a decent accent but um, like uh, yeah Demi de rancho a tu cocina is incredible it's so fun it's um Have you ever checked it out Uh. Uh-uh. it's so fun it's like she's cooking in her kitchen in Michoacan and like it's she has like this uh wood-fired stove and she has this really cool I forget how what you call them but it's like a giant rectangular mocajete and then she has her like little one yeah, yeah. um and wow. she, it's it's just so cool to like watch her just whip up a bunch of stuff.
1: That reminds me of my mom's from Mexico, so I grew up uh, <sighs> going there. You know, I still, I mean, I still go to Mexico, of course. Cool, um, where, That, that where reminds you? of Mexico City ma- mainly. Um, awesome. Mainly there, we we have a lot of family in uh, Guadalajara. Um, it's uh, some small towns. If I name them, nobody's going to know. Okay. Uh, nobody's going to know that town. Uh, it's, awesome. it's tiny, but
0: yeah. A- anyway, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah.
1: That reminds me of that. that. That's how we always used to eat uh, some my aunt or somebody, somebody, somebody is cooking like that, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, what's funny is I took it for granted as a kid.
0: Oh yeah. It was just that's normal. cool.
2: That's fine. Right?
1: Yeah. It was just normal. But when I got older uh, uh, and I saw how, I saw other people's experiences with food, right? As I got older and you start talking to people and you're like, Oh wait, you didn't grow up like that. You didn't grow up going to another country Mm -hmm. and eating all this badass food. Oh, I thought everybody Mm -hmm. did that. And yeah, then I, I started to appreciate it. Yeah. I was very lucky to, to be honest with you. I was very lucky for that. Um, yeah, I was, and I definitely appreciate it now. It's a big part of how I cook to be honest with you. Right.
2: Totally. Um, Then the other cooking show that I've been so into
1: is Pasta Grannies. Gosh, where are you getting these shows? I haven't heard of these. Where where, where are they on?
2: YouTube. Just YouTube. YouTube. (laughs) Okay,
1: right on. I hear you. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. I'm into these. I mean, I like watching. There's so many chefs on YouTube, right? There's so good ones Mm. too. So many great, amazing cooks and chefs on YouTube. I love that. Okay, so what's this? You said Granny what? What was it called?
2: Pasta Grannies.
1: Pasta grannies. Okay, so I'm assuming they make pasta. I mean, right. Yeah.
2: And like, there's just something about that really natural human way of learning something where you just watch somebody do something and then you know how to do it.
1: Absolutely, 100%. Absolutely. And
2: I started making pasta and I don't even measure anymore. Like I just from, Look and I did, not, <laughs> I did not study anything. I just watched The Ladies and now I have unreasonable uh <laughs> belief in myself. Um and That's it's good, so though. cool. Like the first time I made miyoki from scratch, like it's so delicious and it's so easy.
1: <laughs> you know it's funny I I used to know the chef uh, Matt Dillon. Shout out chef. Um He owns a pasta company. They sell it at Central Market. Cool. Um, It's like dried pasta, right? They dry it in Italy and then they fly it over, whatever. So he told me this. He told me this thing one time. We went out to eat in Austin after South by. We worked in an event at South by one time. And, Mm. um, we went to this place, I took him to this place to eat. And also I was like, oh, they make fresh pasta. I'm taking him there. I want to, you know, I was like showing off basically, right? Like, yeah. oh, "Let me take him to this place. Let me let him eat all this fresh pasta. He's going to love me even more. I take him and no shit. He fucking hated it. He was just mm. like, this is the worst pasta I've ever eaten. And he told me, Patrick, you know what? Just because a place says we make fresh pasta doesn't mean anything. OK, that doesn't mm. mean shit. Mm. That doesn't mean it's going to be we make good pasta. Right. I was like, damn, I never thought about it." it's like, yeah, if you're making fresh pasta and you don't do it right, that's that's not good. So, you know, go ahead and source it from someone who is doing it good and serve that, you know, and I Mm -hmm. found that interesting. And actually, it scared me from getting into pasta. It scared me from making. Yeah, it scared me from like getting into making pasta. I regret that because I Mm want to be where you're at. I want to be where you're at where you're like, oh, that feeling of, you know, I, I want that. I want that feeling.
2: Well, I'm sure your instincts are on, you know, like if all you, the the way you get bad food is by using bad ingredients, you know? So like those, those people could have been using like bullshit mafia controlled fake (laughs) olive oil,
1: you know? Hey boy, that's a whole podcast right there. Absolutely. I know what you're talking about.
2: Yeah. They, I mean, it's something as simple as that. They could have been using just bad flour and you know sure. how to buy flour. You just get, you know, you just like do what the old ladies tell you to do and you get some good eggs and then it's going to be amazing.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. You know, restaurants also have a uh, different, they have also another was a level on top of it that maybe, uh, you know, someone at home just, making it right they have control of everything the kit you've got Mm -hmm. all these different people working on it yeah right so so maybe x and x are doing their part right but so and so is fucking it up at the end uh i've seen that in the kitchen so many times um you know that's why that's the saying in the kitchen you're only as you know you're you're strong as your weak yeah the Mm -hmm. weakest chain exactly because that's true it's, it's absolutely true one because it's components. You're passing components along, right? It's like, OK, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. Then you're doing this and you're taking over. And if it doesn't go right. And I'm sure somewhere along the line, I'm sure that's what happened with that pasta or whatever. But what's funny right. is I, I thought the pasta was good. So <clears throat> right. I don't you know what the fuck? It's like, I don't fucking know. That's another thing with chefs, too. I'm sure it's the same thing with musicians, right? Every chef's got a fucking opinion. <laughs> and, you know, they, yeah. they, this is how, you know ask any chef hey how do you fry an egg every single chef will tell you a different technique there you go you just uh, learned right cool. you just learned you just learned right there every chef's different and that's just how it is
2: that's really cool um sorry
1: i'm sure it's with music though right like
2: oh uh, yeah you know. for sure i mean i i'm really it's hard for me to listen to much stuff because i am so inspired by Things that I can't understand. I, oh, you know, wow. and and like if, if somebody's doing something I could do with my eyes closed, it's hard for me to to get excited about it. So I I'm always there for like the mystery. I'm always there for like somebody who can put these simple elements together and just come up with something that you can't understand. And I mean, cooking is the same, you know, it's like, well, the, you know, the magic is in the genius of the creator, you know, Uh, the creative person. So, I mean, that's what, that's what Buck Meek is like for me, you know, it's like, I know he's playing a guitar. I know he's a higher primate (laughs) with a guitar. (laughs) 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 But, um, But there's, uh, there's some like unquantifiable magic happening.
1: That's so crazy. That's so, uh, that's so cool. You know, I do say that about going out. I'm sure it's the same thing for music, right? Like if I'm going to go out, I want to get something that I can't really do myself. That's kind of why I want to go out. And and same thing when you're selling something, right? Like let's sell something that, that uh, people can't get at home or they can't do it as well. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's, I mean, otherwise kind of, what's the point, right? Especially if, it has to do with pricing too and now i'm gonna get i don't want to get too technical but you know just because i used to deal with that so much but that that also leads into Mm -hmm. pricing if if to me the price doesn't match what i ate that will affect the taste of it (laughs) as crazy (laughs) as that is if i'm like damn this cost x amount but it tastes like x amount i'm not going to be happy because uh, Mm -hmm. first of all restaurants can take advantage of that stuff you know they'll they'll for some reason they'll you know, charge more for some bullshit, Uh, you're really paying for that cool fucking art piece that they paid $50,000 for. So now they put it into the dish, right? And this thing over here on the wall, and you know, these fancy chairs that really look great, but they not comfortable at all. uh, Mm -hmm. You know, that's what that's what you're paying for in the dish. Mm -hmm. You know, the the flatware, or maybe just the dish itself. I worked for a place that they spent a quarter of a million dollars on plates. I was like, I'm sorry, what? But I can't get a raise. Oh, oh, hell no! Right? It was like, oh, hell no! We're bringing in plates from England. What the fuck are we doing? They're fucking wow. plates. I was like, they're plates. The plate. They live. <laughs> like nobody is going to care, and nobody did care. No. Uh, to, to be Wow. That's
2: impressive. Absolutely. That's impressively stupid.
1: Uh, impressively stupid. That's what I <laughs> thought too. Uh, but some fancy chefs. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not, definitely not going to name whose chef that was, but. Mm -hmm. anyone in this work for me knows (laughs) who that is, but it's like, that's just some, what chefs do some chefs at a certain level, when you're trying to get best restaurant in town. Okay. And Mm -hmm. you're trying to win maybe a James Beard award or something like that, or get Mm -hmm. nominated. You're going to do things like that. You're going to get investments. You're going to get, you know, you're going to convince people that that's what you need to, to, you know, to get to that level or something. Mm -hmm. You you really, you really don't, but You know,
2: I have a set of really fancy um, German mid-century modern uh, dishware that I got from a a family member or a a family friend passed away and I helped run the the estate sale and I was like this stuff is too cool like I'm not going to be able to sell this at the estate sale I can't sell it anywhere I mean like nobody cares because I mean it looks it looks exactly like stuff you can buy at ikea nobody knows that it's it's german and nobody yeah. knows because because that style was so uh influential that now sure. like there's a million cheap knockoffs nobody yeah. cares i'm just waiting to like give it away to some family member <laughs> it's under Here, my this bed this for you yeah
1: yeah exactly christmas <laughs> gift the the re-gift we call it in my family the re-gift hey, i am all about that
2: it's, it is beautiful though
1: no that's cool that's cool uh i, I like having things like that it's a special whatever Th- things with some history that maybe other people don't see the value in I- i'm okay with that
2: do you know do you know those people east fork in north carolina Mm-mm. um they so. it's alex matisse his grandfather is the matisse um but i like their website is really fun
1: What like, what is what do they what is that
2: they make uh, they make pottery. They make tableware.
1: Oh, okay, very cool, very yeah, it's, cool.
2: It's kind of unbreakable too. It's like you feel you feel good about buying something like from them like that. Yeah, and they're just a really cool company.
1: <clears throat> that's that's about see to me, I I would make a purchase like that because of you know of helping a smaller co- right. I'm assuming it's probably mm. a smaller. I'm all about local. If it's local, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting it. I mean, that's just bottom line, even if it costs a little bit more and it is yeah. going to cost a little bit more. It does. I mean, <laughs> people, people complain about that. Oh gosh, you know, if I buy it, it's going to cost more. Well, yeah, dude. Why do you think that is okay? This other massive billion dollar company is getting deals, tax breaks, you know, you name it, they're getting all these stuff. Of course they can offer this price. Like, but what's a long-term goal here, right? Are you really Mm -hmm. trying to shut down your neighbors, Jim and Nancy or whoever for their bit? You know what I mean? It's like, it's kind of crazy. Plus you're going to get better quality with local. I think uh, a lot of time, right? Better. I really,
2: I feel like that's, you know, now that like we're not eating out, like I, you know, I want to make sure that I really like what my table looks like. It's, and it's, it's uh all that money we're not spending on other people's nice chairs. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yes.
2: Give it to a business that pays their people. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Definitely agree with that. Yes. 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 That's a, That's a big issue right now. I heard they just uh, they might not be doing this $15 minimum wage thing, by the way. I don't know how much of a supporter you are of that. I'm a huge supporter of that. I I think it's uh, way overdue. I mean, beyond way overdue.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if, what if they kept pace with minimum wage from the 50s, it would be like 24 bucks an hour or something like that.
1: Yeah. And that would Uh, be right. Right. Like you could live. people could live off of that. That seems appropriate
2: not only should we be, you know, having a minimum wage like that, we should also actually get something for our taxes. Like, you know, people in, in Europe, they pay like slightly more so-called taxes, but then they get free tuition. They get really good healthcare. They get really good schools and America's Americans need to like get some self-esteem. Like it, it, t- it takes a fight you know like those unions over there they show their ass constantly and i love them for it <laughs>
1: absolutely i mean healthcare for sure that that is like the most ridiculous thing that we don't have universal healthcare here i mean it's absolutely it blows my mind i mean it's beyond mind boggling it, it makes zero yeah. sense right and the yeah. arguments you hear against it are so to me they're I don't want to say stupid because that's inconsiderate. I'm not trying to be inconsiderate, but (laughs) they they just don't make sense to me. The arguments of why we don't like you're you're trying to convince me that we shouldn't take care of our citizens. Like you're going to play this mental gymnastics game with me. Right. Like what are we talking about? And what's funny is if we did pass it 10 years down the road, nobody would even be thinking about it. Right. It would just be, yeah, that's what we all so. wanted all along in retrospect, right? Like, what, what's that? <laughs> what are the three stages of what is that? It's like first it's denial, then it's anger or something. And then the last one is you accept it as being self evident, mm-hmm. like it was right. true all along. It's the like stages, oh, you, of, the stages yeah. of grief. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Dude, Um, I love this statement. I think I heard it from, I think, uh, Francesca Fiorentini said this. She said, "We want to make, we want to make the, the conservatives cry, and then get them a free therapist." <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that. Oh my god, that's funny.
2: Um, I think my um, phone is dying. So do you wanna, should I do a song or what?
1: Yeah, what do you think? That would be great. I mean, oh my, our audience is gonna love that. We, we clip these out and uh, make them their own uh, thing. Oh,
2: let me see. I'm playing my boyfriend's guitar. This is like this monstrous uh, Trust me, me whatever you
1: play is gonna sound amazing. I promise you.
0: I was too shy to ask you to take that trip with me. Style down in the kitchen. Shake how like I could leave, but then I could dream. that's coming on true. You said it yourself, why don't I ride with you? Weds and riches told us if there's one thing you can't lose is that feel. Doug Thorn, that's darling Only to be real And that's all I ask of you Is yes, baby be real And that's all I ask of you is baby, baby
2: nah. uh. <laughs> I should have practiced this. Nah.
0: But you're not good trying. May I not take the ride? Come on, down and out into the light, and let it shine.
2: so much there's like all these like harmony parts and it's funny to play that song alone and um there's normally you know a guitar part instead of whistling
1: i like the whistling actually that's my favorite i love that actually i was thinking that i was like damn that sounds so cool (laughs) that's really i I swear that That, that was amazing that's
2: my that's my one man band shtick
1: (laughs) hey you killing it you killing it that was great no that was fantastic i really appreciate you doing that uh i really do and our audience is gonna love that that was so amazing that was thanks
2: great. man there's a there's a reference to doug Som in there from san antonio and oh, really? uh, <laughs> and there's a reference to um flying willie johnson from beaumont so there's some there's some and this is a reference to Tom Waits in there and his mother is from Texas. So there was a little bit of... Um, oh, I
1: didn't know that. I know Tom Waits' mother is from Texas.
2: He's a man of mystery.
1: I, I would uh, concur with that. Yeah, I've heard you've had a lot of history with, uh, with the man. I love his acting, to be honest. You know, I don't know if anybody talks about that, but I love his acting.
2: No, he's amazing, for sure. I just,
1: I just saw him in uh, The Book of Eli
2: oh cool when did that come out i didn't see that
1: that's a while ago it was a denzel washington movie like maybe 2014 15 something around there um, Cool. He, he yeah he's great in it he's got a cool role in that movie
2: okay i gotta check that out we yeah. um we never watched that much tv but then the pandemic beat that out of us
1: Sure. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Uh, I don't have cable or anything like that. But I'm um, mm-hmm. I, I, I Netflix for sure. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and lie and pretend like I don't. I do. Okay, <laughs> I do. I Netflix. Okay? it happens. <clears throat> <laughs> well, listen that again, that was really just amazing. I'm still I'm still feeling that I love when people play. Uh, oh, no, her phone died. Okay, we lost her her phone died. That's okay um so well jolie thank you so much for that song we'll uh we will figure that out um another time um gosh okay dang i didn't get a proper goodbye to, to her so look she just killed that song um her phone was dying she did say that guy so look you know that's the end of the interview <laughs> she wishes you well i promise you Please, uh, we'll, we'll put all of her info in the uh, description as far as checking out her website and all that sort of information, her, her social media, um, and I'll mention it in the, I'm sure I've, I have already mentioned it in the intro as well. So anyway, all right, guys, well, I hope you enjoyed uh, this episode. Um, look, we took it to the end, okay? I got everything I could out of her, and she gave everything she could up until her phone died, okay? That's a, that's a proper guest. She gave it all literally so thank you to her that was an awesome conversation awesome performance and i really hope uh, y'all enjoyed it okay peace the lone star plate podcast is produced by texas real food go to texasrealfood.com and you can search your city for stores butchers restaurants farmers markets and more who are using fresh artisanal organic sources it's a fun site that brings all natural options all together I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, go to thelonestarplay.com. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Until next time.